0: Hayden Locke, President and CEO of Maramaca Copper. We're developing the Maramaca Oxide Deposit in Northern Chile. It's a very unique copper project, uh, open pitable, very low strip ratio. Most importantly for us is it's very low capital cost so that we can develop it ourselves and uh, numerous unique propositions that really drive absolutely
1: outstanding economics. Hayden, good to see you. Um, thanks for coming on the show. You are in San Diego, aren't you? It's not San Diego, Santiago. Santiago. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I am. First first trip in a while. It's great to be back.
1: Fantastic. how are things on the ground there?
0: Yeah, it's good. Look, I, it's been a while since I've been back down here as a result of all of the restrictions for travel from, uh, from COVID. And, um, you know, it's been really, I think, positive for me to come down and talk to as many people as I can about the political situation and the change of government and just get a sense of what people are feeling on the ground. And I have to say, in all, it's a, it's a sense of cautious optimism. Uh, the, the new president or the president elect is really making all the right noises and is, is proving himself to be uh, quite an independent thinker. And so we're all hopeful that he can uh, he can really start to remove some of those uncertainties that investors are worried about.
1: Well, that's good. That's good uh, news indeed. But look, I want to talk to you today about the press race so this morning, which is twenty five thousand meters of drilling planned. You've got your targets. You know what you're after. Uh, do you want to give us a quick uh, headline? Uh, uh, Summary of that, and I'll pick you up on some uh, some of the uh, things I saw in there. Yeah, well,
0: what we put out today was a exploration target um, to try and quantify the exploration upside for people. You know, we've been talking about these targets, satellite targets that we drilled. We had a very successful year last year doing concept drilling and discovery drilling of these new targets. And uh, what this announcement does is allows us to talk about ranges of what we see as potential uh, additional resource tonnages. Um, with ongoing infill drilling, and then to quantify for investors, you know, that this this project is in, in our minds almost certainly going to grow and uh and address the only real weakness of this project, which is its scale. And so we're very excited about the potential, and that's driven a whole uh, replan and, and new uh new drilling program, which is commencing imminently.
1: Look, look, I get you kind of working towards the um, decision, decision on the DFS and the timing of starting the DFS for the second half of next year, but 25,000 metres, but 22,500 of that was on the infill. It gives certainty to the inferred number, I, I, I get it, and, and feeds into the feasibility study, but it only leaves 2,500 for the exploration component, which is the blue sky bit, which is the you know, future growth. Why so little?
0: Well, it's it's only that amount at the moment. We we we're doing ongoing work and we just haven't committed to additional drilling meters for the other projects. But that two and a half thousand meters specifically relates to extensions to what we're calling the MAMIX, which is the depth extension of the oxides that we found last year. Uh, so that is that is pure exploration, and that is that's gonna be trying to make a new discovery and extension of that MAMIX. In addition to that, a, Part of the budget that hasn't uh, been approved yet by the board, but we're having some meetings this week uh, or next week to discuss, is actually drilling the MAMIX target to an indicated level, Uh, and so that will be on top of the twenty-five thousand meters. So actually, we're right now predicting that we'll drill somewhere close to thirty thousand meters, and then there may be some additional drilling done on some of the satellite targets like Mercedes.
1: Right, and this is this already fully funded this drill program that you've announced.
0: So everything that we've got going on at the moment is fully funded. Uh, if we go out and expand that drill program more, we'll need to take another look, but at the moment we're fully funded to deliver all of these work programs uh, and still have a little bit
1: of cash left at the end of the year. But presumably the incremental expansion drilling it will give you data with which to make a decision as to whether, one, you do more drilling and need to go and raise capital or indeed um, defer or delay the DFS that you could plan for a second half.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So we we have already delayed the DFS because the discovery of this depth extension, uh, you know, really gave us something to ponder, which is, well, there's definitely an opportunity for this to be a bigger project than what we already had. Uh, And so we've been doing a lot of work with our MET consultants, with our geologists, recutting all of the geological interpretations, and that's looking very favourable. We just got a little bit more uh, work to do to make sure that we're very confident. And then we'll go out and start drilling the mammics to get it to the indicated level. And then, as you say, the, the blue sky potential, we will test that and then we'll assess whether or not we delay the DFS again. In my mind, I, I don't really want to do that because, you know, one of the key strengths other than our exploration potential for this project is the relatively short timeline to first copper for us. You know, it's quite a rare thing in the copper space. We've got all these advantages that mean that our timeline to first copper is significantly shorter than many of our peers.
1: See, the interesting thing that happened um, for me was there was was this kind of a a step change moment for me last year on on the scale issue. When you're able to answer the scale issue, was um, the fact that you've now got options in terms of the business plan that you follow, right? Because everyone's looking for this million uh, ton of contained copper number. That's the magic number in, in, in this space, right? You can. Either because it's a low cost, low capex project, uh, right part of the world, and we'll talk about that in a second. And I, you know, and I, as a consequence, I kind of view you as the sort of next generation of actual copper producers um, rather than just pure play exploration. Is you can say, well, look, we can try and make this thing a lot bigger and give maybe the market what it wants in terms of that scale, and you know, may, maybe make this significantly bigger than you know we we know and understand today. Or you can say, let's get this thing up and running, get some cash flow running, and then we'll we'll you know continue to expand the uh, through the drill bit and our exploration program. So, at what point do you start making decisions about the model that you employ?
0: Well, I think it's it's largely already been made, and I think we were already we were we were intending to really start pushing hard on the on the development front last year, but obviously the depth extension directly below the Maramack oxide deposit. I mean, right off the bottom of the PEA pit shell uh, really sort of threw a spanner in the works and we took a step back and said, well, it makes sense to drill that out because it is very much low-hanging fruit and it's part of the the Maramac oxide deposit. You know, based on these exploration targets, we would hope that we can go very close, you know, assuming it all hangs together, that we can go very close to that magical million-ton mark as you talk about. Uh, And then that doesn't even include the expanded uh, satellite targets, Mercedes, Cindy, Roble. Uh, And then if you take a step back and go from 30,000 feet, we haven't even started talking about the more district, uh, the, the additional district targets that we have. So remember we did the high resolution drone mounted mag, which helped us identify the targets to drill. We drilled three conceptual targets and all three targets delivered us shallow oxide mineralization that is on average well above an economic cutoff grade for a deposit like this in this part of Chile so there is even further afield more opportunities but what we have to balance is do we continue to dilute our shareholders to go and chase r- relatively high risk exploration upside or do we get into production minimize that dilution and then use as you say our cash flow to go out and, and really uh, explore aggressively in the, in the broader district and we still firmly believe that the Maramaka district is going to be something that can be developed in a single into a single project.
1: So what stops this um project from actually getting off the ground, from getting getting funded? Because you know, Chile's gonna gonna well, certainly recently, lots more conversations around environmental concerns. Um, and the fact that companies need to behave, um, and, and, uh, perhaps spend a little bit more money and, and, and time and effort answering, uh, concerns around the environmental issues and permits getting delayed and so forth. What, what are you seeing on the ground? Um, does that, is that the major concern for your project or are there other concerns?
0: Um, so you're absolutely right. I think. And talking to the people on the ground here, they, the consistent feedback is the focus of the new government is, number one, providing a level of social security, which has thus far not been in existence in Chile, or at least not um, not what we would expect in, in the UK. Um, but the second order and probably equally as important aspect is the environment and protecting the environment and how the mining industry relates with that. Uh, so that is, first and foremost, the biggest focus for us. I think, as I've said to you previously, the the reason I really like the Maramaka project was because it is, you know, on a relative scale, right at the bottom end of the risk spectrum in terms of its interrelationship with the environment. So we are in the low coastal range. There's no local communities. There's no glaciers. We're not intending on using freshwater aquifers. We'll be using seawater. Uh, We have no local communities. We have no, uh, you know, we're not going into farmland when, you know, it's really, from a pure environmental and social impact risks perspective right down the bottom end of the spectrum. So for us, I think um, the biggest risk is time. And, you know, the permitting of this project is our critical path. And so we're having a huge amount of focus on how do we accelerate that permitting process to run it more in parallel with the the engineering work that we're doing. Uh, And we see a very clear path for us to be able to do that. Um, so really ours is a, it's a time risk rather than a, you know, fatal flaw risk in terms of being able to develop this project.
1: So it's a time risk in the sense that time is money or, or, or if it takes too long, then there's going to be potentially other issues further down the line. You want to get this thing up and running, right? Time so is money. Yeah, so, right,
0: you right. know, that $3... Yeah, three dollar fifteen a pound copper every year that we delay is fifty million dollars off our MPV. Uh Every year that we run without producing cash flow is another share issued in dilution of our current shareholders. And um, as we all know, I'm a shareholder, so as we all know, we want to limit the number of additional shares getting issued.
1: Sure. So, so, so talk to me about timeline and time frame. I'm yeah, I'm looking at you as so the next generation of of copper producers, right? So, uh, how long am I waiting for that to actually happen? Well, it depends on
0: this exploration drilling, but we'll make some assumptions. So we're working on our permitting strategy right now, and we will be starting the engineering side of our permitting strategy right now. So we're going to decouple the engineering for the permits from the engineering for what we'll actually build, which is you're able to do in, in Chile. All the analysis that we have done on the project with all of our consultants says that we will be under the what's called a DIA uh, protocol for assessing the environmental impact of this project. Once you submit your application, uh, as a general rule in Chile, it's a, it's a 12-month process. It can be faster, but uh, it's typically a 12-month process from the date you submit your, uh, your DEA engineering and your DEA application to when you get approved to start construction. So this year is about us getting prepared as quickly as we can to submit that DEA application. And then the 12-month clock starts running. And then in the background, we'll catch up with the feasibility study engineering, the basic engineering, the, the uh, financing discussions. Uh, and and the goal being that all of that kind of coincides with us receiving our deer and we're ready to build in an ideal world that would be 2023. Uh, the benefit of this project is it's a relatively short construction timeline. So this is a simple open pit, virtually no pre-strip. So we're talking 3 million tonnes of pre-strip. Uh, It's a fairly small plant, Um, it's fairly easy topography, Uh, so we would expect to be sort of less than 18 months' build time, uh, which puts us sometime in late 2024, early 2025 to be producing first copper. So when you look at the peer universe, there are a lot lot of projects in the pipeline that are fantastic, you know, really exciting projects, Uh, but very few of them have that kind of timeline for delivery. Uh, In fact, you know, I've seen research saying the cupboard is bare, there's almost nothing. Uh, And that is again, one of the things we want to focus investors attention on is number one, exploration potential, this project is going to get bigger, there is more copper to be found. And, uh, you know, when you go up to our site, you just see that there is copper, uh, copper showings across all of our land package. So the exploration is exciting. But just as exciting is the very short timeline to get this to 1st Copper and take advantage of the amazing market conditions that we're seeing for Copper right
1: now. I'd agree with that, but you can't rest on your laurels. market's going kind to of move sideways for you this year or last year. Okay, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Copper companies out there you know, seriously undervalued, and they would tell me. Um, they do, some of them do actually have good assets. But they're not getting the values that they want. Do you think that this is an m A market? Do you think copper is equities are cheap at the moment? Are you going to be aggressive and perhaps look at M A activity whilst you're going through this kind of please it's the right way, administrative process of get, you know getting through the DFS.
0: Look, I, I think we wouldn't want to look at another development stage copper asset just because, you know, two unfunded development stage copper assets, in my view, is not going to be accretive to our shareholders. It doesn't matter how cheap we believe it to be. I mean, maybe there might be something that is so ridiculously cheap that it makes sense. But I think the inevitable question if you do something like that is, well, why are you buying that? What's wrong with your project? So, you know, our project is great. We're focused on that. Now, the only caveat to that is if there was a transaction that made sense with somebody who had cash flow, Uh, and who needed a development-stage project, uh, that would be something that I would certainly flag to the board as as strategically interesting for us because, uh, you know, that that would materially change our investment case. We're suddenly a cash-flowing company with an amazing growth project. That becomes a a much more interesting proposition. But as it currently stands, our complete focus is on moving the project forward. As you say, no resting on our laurels. We're, We're incredibly busy. There's a lot to be done. And uh, you know we're we're pretty excited about the opportunity in front of us.
1: Okay, like I appreciate you coming on. I know you've got you, you're there for a reason. You're, doing, you're working in country, but it'd be great if we could get uh, Sergio Rivera on. your, your VP of exploration, um, maybe with our technical team, and just have a run through the the, the plan for this twenty five thousand meters and what you know what he's hoping to get out of it, what he's hoping to learn.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we we had. Uh, previously done some webinars with Sergio and we will be starting those again just so that people can um, have the explanation of what the exploration upside is and why Sergio is excited and i uh, be very happy to have Sergio on to speak to your technical guys.
1: Brilliant, thanks. Peyton, we'll see you soon. Thanks.